What's up, everyone? By now, you guys know that Ball is sponsoring us, and by that, I mean the aerospace technology company. Nothing to do with Manscaped. That's Rudo's thing. Um, they are the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer, and they've been leading global sustainability efforts for decades. They care so much about diversity and inclusion. They've been practicing it for years, while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. And if if you're looking for a job, guess what? They are hiring. They are such a great company to work for. We have a lot of people we know at DNVR who have family members or friends who work there and they really enjoy it. They are hiring in Golden, so you can check out hashtag work at ball online and to apply for a position at their aluminum can plant, text Golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Let's start the show. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dunk two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck, you won't see it for long. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Lock, end zone, touchdown! Number two for Sutton. Got it! Oh, man! That's from way downtown! And the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true! Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Monroy, and I'm joined today by AJ Hayfley, Eric Weedham slash D-Line Co., Andre Simone, and Spencer Smith. As always, this show is presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the best brewery in Colorado and just the world in general. You can enjoy some delicious beers or seltzers while you watch the Avs, Nuggets, or Broncos this weekend. You can enjoy them at your home or you could also enjoy them at the DMVR bar. We have eight Breck brews on tap and good company seltzers. But the best part of it all is Mile High Basketball is back in action. And the Nuggets started off their season by beating the Phoenix Suns 110-98 last night. I can tell how excited Eric still is from last night. So let's just jump right in. Eric, what was last night like for you? There's a phrase that we like to use around Nuggets Nation, around um, DNVR in general, in regards to the vibes. The yes. vibes were immaculate. <laughs> it was the best thing. Like, as far as a season opener goes, as far as, uh, you know, the first of 82 games feeling meaningful and impactful, uh, I don't know that you can get any higher. I mean, the Nuggets were sort of able to exercise all of the demons of the offseason. They were able to rebuke Suns and Four Guy. They were able mm-hmm. to put to bed all of the notions that we were just an inferior team when, in fact, we all know the truth. The truth was is that we were horribly injured as a squad. We were down 
too many pieces and we weren't able to compete with the likes of Chris Paul because we had no one to defend him. Eric, before you keep going, for those who might not remember who didn't know, uh, this game and the season opener meant so much more for Nuggets fans because the last time these two teams met was in the second round of the playoffs where the Suns ended up moving on to the NBA Finals. And players like Monte Morris and others have come out and said that this series was something they thought of all offseason and they came out on Wednesday wanting to prove themselves and I think they definitely did. Truthfully, the you know, the way that the the season ended last year was just so uh distasteful. It just left a very uh terrible taste in the mouth of all of Nuggets faithful. Um being swept out of the playoffs already bad. Insult to injury, Suns and Four guy. There were figurines made it was like a a whole thing it was terrible none of us wanted to deal with it and so just being able to uh address that right off the bat uh and to watch Nikola Jokic start his MVP defense campaign in such a loud and definitive way like he really like looks incredible like he did whatever he wanted he uh made improbable shots he made pass it. I mean, he just did everything you expect Nikola Jokic to do, but like even better somehow. I don't know. It was uh, like, I went home and I was just trying to go to bed afterwards, which was like a stupid thought. Like, of course I wouldn't be able to do it. And I was not able to do it. I just laid there for like hours and basked (laughs) in the glow of literally the most inconsequential game of the season. But like sometimes, (laughs) sometimes like when you allow sports to control and infiltrate your emotions you are rewarded like a night like last night i just felt great like the world felt like it made sense again um i was just sort of like yeah in a in, an, in a glow like i was just saying like to to anybody that would listen <laughs> which is not many people but uh that winning a championship like can't possibly feel better than that felt except for that it lasts much longer. Like that was as much dopamine as my brain is able to produce. And I just sat there and enjoyed it. It was fantastic. The vibes at the bar were definitely immaculate. Everyone is celebrating happy and it was packed and the bar is just the place to be for Nuggets fans. I mean, an uncle Jeff chant in honor of Jeff Green happened. Like what other bar in Denver does that? I'm not sure. Uh, Spence, you were also at the bar. How did you feel about this game and why did this win mean more? Well, like uh, like Eric was talking about with the season ending early last year, earlier than we had all hoped, even in that series, Nikola Jokic getting kicked out of a basketball oh. game, ending oh. his why we, MVP why we talk about old stuff, bro? Than it should have been. No, but no, but that's <laughs> honestly like the older I get, the more that stuff when it hurts, the better it feels when <laughs> you know you win after that. Like it just it just j- d- dives you deep into a hole, and then you get brought up, and then oh, you're brought baby. up way more out of that hole because of because of what happened and so vibes were immaculate at the bar last night uh the thing i love about just our bar in general and being there for games is like ali said a jeff green chant was going we've got like a (laughs) viral austin rivers chant like we don't give a shit who it is if you're wearing that you're wearing a nuggets jersey you're wearing an abs jersey you're wearing a broncos jersey you're you're gonna get love from from everybody at that bar and it, it was people were moving tables trying to get in moving the water thing to sit more people at a table <laughs> like it was a blast and uh, it's always a good time pretty impressive i mean that starting unit looks really good i think um mpj quietly looked like there was some uh 
maturity and a little more strength, definitely. a little more variety to his game. Uh, definitely looked like he belonged. Uh, he's almost he's he feels like he's going through a bit of a Miko Ranton in transition. You know, the big moose early on, kind of a little gangly, and uh, and now now starting to figure it out, get that maturity. You see that with those high upside guys. Once they start to figure things out, then it's dangerous. And then, you know, Will Barton being back was and at full form was really huge. And, uh, you know, you forget that with one of the best point guards in the NBA out, they still have one of the best backups in all the world. And I mean, while he only scored nine points, I thought uh, Monte Monte. was key in uh, several different stretches. And, you know, beyond watching one of the great, most unique basketball players that we'll ever see, um, which is always quite the treat. And, um, yeah, just in general, that's always nice, you know, being reminded of, oh, yeah, Nikola Jokic and, uh, you know, how yep. sad I feel for anyone who can appreciate the greatness of a guy that size doing the things he's done, which, you know, in like 100 years of the sport, we've never seen before. So, yeah. Dre, did, you, all around. did your bets hit last night? I know you had quite a few on Jokic. I know points hit. Um, Ryan went three and absolutely killed it. I went went three. I felt sure on both three point props. Mm. Uh, it was a Jokic point night and rebound night, not a Jokic assist night. Should have seen that coming. Uh, so yeah, it was a terrible night, but but who cares? The Avs did great. <laughs> the Nugs did great, and that's all that matters. I mean, it was a nice palate cleanser after. Yeah the way that things finished but i think that's a perfect way to describe it aj it was a very very nice palate cleanser and like i mentioned earlier you could just tell that the nuggets and the fans wanted it more while the suns at least the suns fans were acting like they had already won it regardless a much needed palate cleanser like you said to start the season and remind the nba who this team is even with jamal murray on the court All right, that leads us to our topic of the day. We are going to go through some of our favorite or some of the best season openers in Denver sports history. I also reached out to our community on Twitter asking for them to share their favorites. So we'll be reading some of those throughout. But let's start off with you, AJ. What is your favorite Avs season opener? I mean, who could forget the Patrick Waugh game? Yes. Patrick Waugh's first game back as coach. You know, there's a buzz in the arena. Uh, the teams, we don't really know how good the team is going to be. Uh, they blow out at the time a really good Anaheim team. And then right at the end of the game, what? Uh, he tries to tear the house down because he knocks over the partition and uh, gets into it with Bruce Boudreau, which set up a very legitimate hatred between those two teams uh, that – sort of still exists today but most of the ducks have moved on from then um but that that was i mean that was the the tone setter right like patrick Waugh knew what he was doing and he was he was there to tell everybody that the abs were back and that they were going to compete and that the passion was back in denver and for a year it was that was definitely a memorable one and abs fans agreed in the comments but we also had some people say nathan mckinnon's first game how do you feel about that one yeah, uh, I actually thought Matt Duchesne's first game was more memorable than McKinnon's uh, because that was the first non-Joe Sackick game. Mm-hmm. And that was not a good team, and they were playing a very good San Jose Sharks team. And again, blew them out in Pepsi Center on opening night. 
And that was that was a wild night because uh, you had, I mean, Matt Duchesne was the big shiny, and Ryan O'Reilly picked up an assist in that game. Matt Duchesne had a breakaway. Like it was, it was like, oh my god, the new era Avs are gonna be incredible. And that team, that team went on to be. They made the postseason that year, and it didn't really, didn't really belong there, but. Andre is muted. I don't know if he's meaning to talk to us or not, but no, he's been having other conversations with other people. I see. How rude! <laughs> um, podcast. So I, <laughs> I, I'll clarify later. Happily, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I. So that was that was also uh, a memorable opening night. I think uh, a telling opening night, maybe not such a happy memory, was Patrick Waugh's last opening night. Uh, which was the first Avs game that I ever actually covered where the Avs blew a 4-1 third period lead and lost 5-4 to Minnesota. So that was a harbinger of doom. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, we didn't know it at the time. It was just, that was a great first NHL locker room for me to go into. Oh my God, I can't imagine. Everyone just so silent. Yeah, it was very, uh, That was there was some trial by fire that year. To, had people already left the locker room? That's something that with um, that I learned when covering the Avs with you guys a few games. Uh, everyone pieces out of the locker room pretty freaking quickly. Uh, so I think when I went, the Avs also lost one of the games that I covered, and there was two players left there. Yeah, no, that one, that one, they opened up the room pretty much right after uh, Wah had just gotten done eviscerating them. So... Oh, no. Uh, most of the guys were still there slamming gear into their lockers. Uh, so that was a little scarring. Way to end your part with the negative. <laughs> I mean, not not all openers are positive, right? No, like some for of them, sure. Some of them definitely kind of give you a glimpse into what's about to happen. And that one, especially with the way that Minnesota owned Patrick Waugh, um, that one definitely was a was a sign of things to come all right andre would you like to clarify as to why you were so rudely speaking to someone else while aj was i just have to let people in the office know that i'm recording a podcast right now (laughs) and then i get asked questions why am i on and not you know one of the broncos guys or anything like that ryan rk is working on a special project that hopefully will be released nice. soon zach's at an eye appointment getting some <laughs> new contacts Boy, that must and, be nice, you know, and mace is in cleveland for the game today andre i don't need your sass one of the great cities in america but you know someone's got to do it so hey cleveland <laughs> Not everything I say is uh, is accurate, AJ. Some some are just merely comedic bits. Oh, well, that's good stuff. I would definitely say Cleveland is one of America's great cities. Is definitely a comedic bit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm more of a Canton guy myself. Um, oh. Okay, let's not get off topic here. Speaking of the Broncos, they take on the Browns tonight. And if you're interested in placing some bets, don't forget to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, they have new customers covered. You can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and if they do you win $200 in free bets winner winner chicken dinner it's that simple DraftKings is always doing these type of offers and they don't forget about um, old users either they are offering great odds boost profit boosts um, so definitely check that out and that is a killer deal 
Andre, do you think the Broncos are going to win tonight? What bets are you placing on DraftKings? Well, they've been switching all over the place because uh, with the Baker injury and then it was kind of up, up in the air what Teddy's status would be. So they've been all over um, with Brown starting out at three and a half, then moving to two and a half. Now they're just one and a half. In some places, even swinging to the Broncos side for a minute there. I'm... Uh, I'm a little skeptical. I'm scared about both the both of these offenses come in really, really uh, severely injured, whether it's uh, skill positions, offensive lines, and these are not going to be great defensive fronts to face when you're dealing with those injuries. So to me, the safer bet feels like the under 40 and a half, which is already set criminally low for an NFL game, but... Uh, I mean, it's Case Keenum against Teddy Bridgewater with banged up lines against Vaughn Miller, Miles Garrett. So, yeah, the under sounds pretty cool to me. I don't know. People seem to really think the Broncos are going to win this one. Vaughn Miller came out and told the media that he thinks he's going to have a fantastic game. And I've seen some more hype around it. So do with that information what you will. But we'll see if the Broncos can actually pull this one off. I don't know. Yeah, last time. Last time Von Miller did that, I believe the Broncos beat the Cardinals on Thursday night, forty-five to ten. The last time he came out and like was that outspoken about it, and we we were not good that year. We were two and four going into that game and absolutely clobbered the Cardinals. So I, I kind of like the I like the the idea that Von speaks out when it's timely. I mean, he could have done it the last three weeks. That would have been fine, but you know, the season's not over yet, so. Well, don't forget to use that promo code DNVR when you use DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, we might not be too positive on the Broncos winning this game, but something that I am positive about is Mint Mobile being a great experience for everyone who checks them out. Mint Mobile offers premier wireless service starting at just $15 a month, and there's no catch. You guys have already heard us talk about this before, but their secret sauce is the fact that they are cutting out retail stores. There's no crazy overhead cost that gets passed down to you, so that's why there's no mystery fees. And instead, they just go directly to you with those sweet deals. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premier wireless for just that $15 a month, like I said. My favorite thing about this is the fact that you get to keep your phone, your same number, and everything. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. It's so easy. Go to mintmobile.com slash dnvr. That's mintmobile.com slash dnvr to cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month. Can I just go piggyback off AJ's first coach games are a great way to go, and there's no more memorable first Broncos game then the first Josh McDaniels game, we all hated his guts like 12 hours into his tenure because he wanted to trade Jay Cutler. And we were like, well, can't we just fire him? That sounds like an easier solution. We did not do that. We did trade Jay Cutler. We're all really depressed with the season going into Cincinnati, Kyle Orton at quarterback. They score. They can't even score like 20 points and a desperation heave. The what double teaming uh, Brandon Marshall. Javon Walker, who who did they throw it to? I watched that this morning. It was Stokely. Oh, well, no, it bounces yeah, off. It was right. Stokely. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Stokely runs right behind 
this crowd of three players, one Broncos receiver, two Bengals DBs, bounces off their hands, Stokely catches it, and just has a highway to run through. And uh, in a walk-off win, the Broncos won the first to then rattle off six in a row in the Josh <laughs> McDaniels era. I think they won like right two into games the playoffs. after that. And uh, yeah, but we were riding high. That really was a quick <laughs> vibe switch. And uh, we rode that all the way through like late October that year. So that was an epic one. That was a big one for sure. Uh, Ryan might not be on the show, but he did give his favorite moment. What the, what the hell? He <laughs> commented. He, he commented on my tweet Twitter, that I asked wow, people. He said Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning's seven Six touchdown years, game yes. was special. Um, I saw a lot of people talking about that. That was also Zach's favorite. Um, yeah. But his favorite is the Broncos Raiders 2008 game where Cutler goes for 300. Uh, Eddie Royal has 146 and a tud in his debut Broncos win 41 14 over the Raiders good times yeah you you wish you saw some sort of performance like that against oh, the Raiders this 30 weekend. points scored by an offense oh, I would I would give up irresponsible things that <laughs> I, on a regular basis no. I, I was at that uh, I was at the, the Peyton Manning game in uh-huh. the crowd into the south stands and I like the memory that I'm most like that I'm left with most viscerally was trying desperately to pick up Julius Thomas in my fantasy football league because <laughs> I needed a tight end and he scored like two or three touchdowns and the Wi-Fi was so bad in the stadium at that time that like I was just sour the, during like the most joyful <laughs> expression of Broncos football that's ever been. I was like, God damn it, I kicked <laughs> So oh, sports, man. That That is a perfect <laughs> just example of just sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AJ Spencer, do you guys have a favorite Broncos memory? I actually have a couple. So I was at the seven-touchdown game as well. Um, I was at Peyton Manning's first-ever start as a Bronco, which – at going into that point, we, I mean, we hoped he would be what he ended up being, yeah. but you never knew, like you knew, didn't know with the neck injury that he'd come back healthy. And I was sitting down pretty close and you could just hear him commanding the crowd in his first game as a Broncos quarterback, you know, getting the crowd quiet. He led a 31 to 19 win, I believe against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, who was kind of one of my, my favorite quarterbacks growing up. Um, but uh, that that has since soured um, for a lot of different reasons, but uh, and you just knew like you're like holy shit, we've got the, like we've got Peyton Manning and he's actually good. Like he's gonna he's gonna own this. And it was kind of the start. Like all of my like my different openers today that I remember, like the start of eras or the start of a great season or just something like that, where it was just kicking off. And hopefully that's the same with what the Nuggets did last night, where it's kicking off this amazing season with an amazing win. And uh, I think I've made every Broncos opener for like the last 10 years. There was also, even though it was a shit season, a Monday night walk-off field goal against the Chargers. Um, I actually flew home from a trip early that day to go and then had to go after the game and pick my then ex-girlfriend up at the airport who was coming back from the trip. She was not happy that I flew back early for the game. (laughs) You're like, peace. You know, Broncos, Broncos are life. I was like, yep, I'm flying home early. I changed my flight. You and your mom can fly home together later. (laughs) That's weird that she's your (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriend. AJ, how about you? 
Uh, seven touchdown game is good. Okay, let's move on to the Rockies and some of their best season openers. The most obvious one here is the first game ever at Coors Field in 1995 when Dante Bichette hit a three-run walk-off home run in the 14th inning. Uh, Patrick Lyons from DMVR Rockies told us that that sparked what would be the Rockies winning the first NL wild card. He nominated that one and so did a few other fans. But Spencer, what is your favorite one? It's from... 2017. So there's been uh, a lot of interesting, like, first of all, opening day for the Rockies, especially at home, which they always get on a weekend on a Friday is like a national holiday in Colorado. So they always do a really good job of that. But uh, much like my, my Broncos memory, where it kind of started the started an era, if you will, in 2017, uh, there was two. Well, there's two openers. There was the home opener, and then there was the the first game of the season, which the uh, Rockies played the Brewers, and uh, that was a cool game because they they were hoping to make the playoffs, and they hadn't made the playoffs since 2009. It had been a long stretch. People were waiting. They kind of had this young nucleus. John Gray was the opening day starter that day, uh, and they ended up winning seven to five. They were down five to four. Uh, scored a few runs in the seven, uh, scored two runs in the seventh inning and a run in the ninth inning uh, to seal that win. And that was one of the first years too that it was coming off an off season where uh, we signed Greg Holland, we signed Mike Dunn, we spent a lot of money in the bullpen hoping that we could actually become a playoff contender and a good mm-hmm. baseball team again. And so they won the the regular season opener uh, in Milwaukee, and then they came home and they beat the Dodgers two to one. Kyle Freeland went six innings, uh, and anytime you beat the Dodgers, I don't care what the score is, that's a happy day, especially at an opener um, in at Coors Field, which they also did that again this year. The season didn't turn out like it did in 2017, where the Rockies finished 87 and 75 and made a made a playoff trip, which would have then been the start of two in a row. So it was just more of a the opener itself wasn't that memorable, but the season where they ended up making the playoffs finally losing a heartbreaker to the diamondbacks where even though greg holland who won pitcher of the month in april that year uh, relief relief pitcher of the month that year ended up blowing a save and allowing a lot more runs and caused the the rocky season to end in that wild card game it was building on something and then 2018 they come back out they end up tying for the division lead which they had never done uh they'd never won they still haven't won a division but um, so it was just the start of a good couple of years in Rockies baseball, which of course still wasn't enough for one guy that I won't mention the name of, but, um, <laughs> you know, they were, it, it was a couple of years of good baseball and you had Freeland, Gray, yeah. Marquez, Senzatella, and that a lot of the guys that are still here, but, um, it was, it's fun when the Rockies are good. Obviously it's fun when any of your sports teams are good, but, uh, they had so many down years that those two openers that year kind of really boosted them into, getting it back into the playoff picture, which they hadn't been in in a long, a long time. Can I add the 2016 opener yeah. uh, where Trevor Story hit two home runs in his first big league game and the oh. Rockies won in Arizona 10-5? to 5. That whole week was pretty epic with yeah. Story just going off. Anyone else with a Rockies memory? Good old memories. Good times. God, the Rockies are just so, just so fun yeah. when they're good. Like, this town is missing it. Oh my god! And not only that, like uh, the problem with season openers, like Spence alluded to, is that um, it's opening day, which is like something different than a, a sporting event. <laughs> so, like my memories of Bron- of Rocky season openers are like pretty blurry. 
Um, they usually end with me in a bar where I, I'm being touched on all sides by strangers. Couldn't be happier. Um, no idea what happened in the game. We try and piece together amongst my friends what actually transpired on the field. Never able to do it. Uh, figured out the next day, and um, then we move forward. So, yeah, every every Rocky season opener is the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, opening day when I moved wow. to Colorado – I didn't realize how big of a deal opening day, opening weekend um, in Denver it was. Like everyone from Boulder was driving up to Denver for these Rockies games. And I was like, wow, the Rockies must be really good. And everyone's like, no, no, no. It doesn't matter how the Rockies are. It's just a great time. Speaking of a great time. The Mile High DNVR tailgates are a great time, and we might not know how the Broncos are going to continue to do this season, but what we do know is that those tailgates are an absolute blast, and that's where you can try some sexy pizza if you're in town. But if you live in Denver, then definitely check out Sexy Pizza, one of their four Denver locations. They have one in Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. They are opening a new location in Trinidad as well. Um... You've heard it already from so many people here at DNVR. They love sexy pizza. I can't actually have their pizza because I'm allergic to cheese, but I'm going to take everyone else's word for it. And I just have to go into their store one of these days because they do offer a range of options. They have gluten-free. They have vegan. I bet I could get one without cheese. And they also have wings, salads, pasta knots, dessert options, Everything that you could ask for, they've got it. They are a Denver staple and as local as it gets. So definitely check out Sexy Pizza at one of those four locations. Or again, you can come down to the Mile High Tailgate that DNVR throws and have some pizza there. All right, let's finish up this topic with the Nuggets. Eric, what is your favorite Nuggets season opener? And was it yesterday or do you have another one? Yeah, the Nuggets start off every year or traditionally, I mean, like, the calendar has been completely thrown off. I don't know if you guys were aware of this. We had a global pandemic. It ruined everything. But typically speaking, the Nuggets. Oh, is that you, what oh, happened? This, am I the first time? Is this the first time you're hearing of this? Shit. Um, yeah, we stayed inside for a year. Everything got ruined. But typically, the Nuggets start up right around Halloween every year. And it is difficult to like transition into out of football into basketball with that level of um appreciation like especially because the nuggets have all you know for the last like however many years have just been building and building and building and people have like moderate expectations they don't really know what to expect so i don't have like a lot of memorable opening day games except for last night which was like the most like i don't know if i'll ever forget that honestly like just because of all of the things we already mentioned but just like the weird the history, meaning. everything. Well, just the yeah. meaning. Yeah, there was like meaning to it in a way that was larger than the game itself, which is very rare for an opening day uh, of any sport. Um, and just to, you know, have that feeling of like satisfaction. And I mean, I've been to, you know, I've been to good ones. I've been to bad ones. Um, but typically speaking, like, you know, you're sort of like easing into the season, like getting sort of like into that mindset. But this was like zero to 100 real quick. Real quick, yeah. like I'm, we're back, baby. We're we're back. The yeah. Nuggets are honestly in a great position right now because every game that every game that they win, it's yep. hey, and hey, we did that without Jamal Murray. And every yep. game that they lose, they're like, yeah, but we're we didn't Jamal. have Jamal Murray. <laughs> so yeah, me, it's like, me and Eric talked about that last night. Exact thing. You're just playing with house money at this point. You're like, this yeah. isn't our team that we're taking to the playoffs. This is the team that we've got. 
we're going to still beat the shit out of a lot of people <laughs> and we're going to lose some games, but Hey, we don't have Jamal. We lost. Sorry. Are you, well, Whatever. first off, are we positive they're going to lose any games? I've not seen. Uh, no, I don't. I looked on the schedule and I don't see a scheduled loss anywhere around there. So. I don't see why baby. <laughs> Eric, this is not the time that you take the nuggets off the rails here. Um, This is not the moment, but I'm going to read some of these comments real quick of the memories that people left me. Please interject. Give me your thoughts on some of these. Um, Thomas Hall here said, over the past four decades, I have a few favorites. The 2015 opener was interesting to me because it foreshadowed what was to come. I had a bit, I had a blog back then and recently went back to read what I wrote about the opener game and realized that game was mostly a microscope of the season. That game showcased a great defense with a relentless pass rush and the no-fly zone returning an interception for a touchdown. Also, Manning showed early signs of why he would need to sit for a few games. Um, Then we got DMVR Rockies. I read that one. Shelby Manning said the 2013 season opener for the Broncos is a given, but I'm throwing it in anyways. Justin Michael here throwing a CSU one in here saying September 6, 2009 CSU beats CU in Boulder 23-17 in the last game played on (laughs) campus between the two schools ryan green agreed that that is the most obvious answer (laughs) aj why are you giggling that's funny (laughs) what's funny rk tried so hard to get all those different bus submissions in here we got justin michael slipping the rams beating the bus in there Don't don't worry. I'm not done reading some of these. Um, Then we have Avalanche Germany. They said the first game of Nathan McKinnon against the Ducks 6-1 where he he had two assists and Patrick Waugh slammed the glass between the benches after the game was pretty special. Uh, John Carl here said Rocky's first game ever against the Mets. Um, We didn't win, but I sat with my seven-year-old son in a field box behind the Rockies dugouts. Great memory, if only for me. That's a great one. Um, Jay JWP303 said Joel Klatt's debut against CSU in 2003 was pretty memorable back and forth against BVP. Lightning came down to the final minute. Um, Brian Howell here said I'd also throw out the 2001 Broncos opener beating the Giants on Monday Night Football. Uh, Don't know if it was the best, but it was definitely memorable. Trent M, the best opening game in Denver sports history, has to be the 2013 NFL season opener with Peyton Manning. We talked about that one quite a bit. Um, Sean said Rockies Mets 1995, first game at course, the introduction of the Blake Street Bombers. I got Jesus Rod here saying I have an idea for the worst which is the 2018 Rockies home opener is what he said. <laughs> um, Ryan T said max debut was coaching debut. I, I feel like the abs is pretty much everything that AJ said. Everyone agrees with that one. Um, Silver buff here. So the 2016 Rocky mountain showdown, we have Tim Larson, Writing in the Broncos last minute win versus the Bengals at Cincy with Brandon Soakley's miracle catch. And then Brian Howell finishes off with Buffs uh, beating the Rams at the Rocky Mountain Showdown in 2006 in Denver. It was a pretty cool season opener. Thank you to everyone who wrote that. What? What the hell? Like everybody loves the Rocky Mountain Showdown. and we cancel it? It's ridiculous. Go ahead. Well, it's not. Well, you mean in Denver? Yeah, yeah. The, the, many of those, uh, all of those took place in Denver. Anyway, go, proceed, please. No, I agree. I mean, the Rocky Mountain Showdown, I like CU versus CSU games, but I definitely think it'll be cooler and better to have them back on their campuses because I just feel like that's more fun. I don't know. 
going to Denver when we live in Denver is very convenient and great. But when you're the students and you have to bus to Denver, find a way home and all that stuff, it could just, mm-hmm. it could be very messy. <laughs> it's so. Messy regardless. You know that. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. I think being on campuses will be better. But they were, there were a lot of CSU and CU memories in there. Thank you to everyone who submitted their thoughts. All right, AJ, the Avs currently sit at 1-2 and two on the year. They will finally have the three-headed monster together again tonight as Nathan McKinnon is back. He played last game, but also Gabriel Landeskog finished up his suspension, so he will also be back tonight. How are you feeling about their chances to pull out a win? Well, Jonas Johansson starting against a prolific Florida Panthers offense. Oh, God, so, I didn't know that one. Okay. I'm, I'm chalking this up as a loss. Uh, do you, uh, I, the biggest question is what's going on with Darcy Kemper? He's a goalie. Who's struggling? <laughs> goalies, goalies on new teams always struggle to kind of figure Fine. it all out in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I would say if we're into December and things haven't taken a noticeable step forward, uh, then you start to worry. It seems like right now, correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, but people should be taking the over in a lot of these games because the Avs continue to score. The Avs continue on offense to show dominance. And then when it comes to the defensive side, goals are going in. I mean, the Caps scored six goals two nights ago. Yeah, early season you should take the over in most NHL games uh, in the in the first month because teams haven't figured out how to play defense yet. Um, their systems are still real loosey goosey. Uh, their special teams are all bad. They have not tightened any of the screws at all. So early on in the season, scoring is way up, and then as the season goes on, scoring consistently will go down. So betting the over in in the NHL in the first month is a safe bet. So why would you tell people to calm the F down right now? Because it's three games. Because the Avs haven't they haven't played a single game with their 100% lineup yet. Yeah. Uh, because they just the talent that they have on paper, like, is better than most other teams. So they just. I would say better than I mean they're they're a top five team in just raw talent, and that's with depth depth issues. Yeah, because their best players are just the best players. They're not the best players on that team. They're the best players at their positions. Period. So they've got three of the top twenty defensemen in the NHL and Sam Gerrard, Devon Taves, and Kale McCarr. And none of them. Devon Taves hasn't played yet. The other two haven't played well at all. Uh, and then. Obviously, you have the top, the top, top line in the NHL that hasn't played together at all this season. So, you know, I would say, I, I would say just gear down, big shifters. It's a long season. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too talented. They're too talented not to be good. <laughs> the Kemper thing is just something that, like AJ said, you know, I think they. They're they're playing. They'll play such good defense in front of him that I think he'll start to get better as well. Um, but they haven't done that yet. So I and with the with the amount of talent they have on the back end and Eric Johnson being back, their top six defensively, I would put up with just about anybody in the NHL. So I think it's just a matter of time before everybody. Get, I mean, McKinnon basically got off a flight, made had had another negative test, and then decided, yeah, I'll give it a go tonight. Like you can't. 
you know, you can't win like that all the time in the NHL or in any league of just not having cohesion and Makar not playing in the preseason, stuff like that. They're all still just getting their feet wet. So, and plus what's, what's great coming out of the gates and being that good, you know, it's all about how they play come in March, April, May and playoff time. So as long as they're in the playoffs, especially with the NHL, I don't care if they're eight seed or one seed, they're scary and they're going to be, they're going to be in the second round and hopefully pass that this year. Yeah, it's but it's like everybody's like wrong for freaking out, but they're also right because it's just that's what being a fan is. You just like ride and like you're just supposed to like get upset about stuff and like really happy about other stuff. And uh, but I mean, obviously, it's three games in. What do we? There's 82 games. This has happened. This happens at at some point during every season. Avs, Nuggets. There'll be like some bad stretch where it's like, well, I what are we doing? We're gonna fire everybody. Like we can, yeah, right. And it's like (laughs) hilarious, and you just like be like, oh. come on like but at the same point in time like um sports are here for us to exercise these bad emotions that we have in our brain that don't serve us in other uh, avenues of life so you know have at it just get get mad like who cares <laughs> you want to have these conversations with eric you can have them over a uh, bud light tower his favorite DLT, at the dnvr bar uh today is going to be a great day at the dmvr bar regardless if broncos get the win but like i said people people are riding on the broncos to beat the browns so um come down to the dmvr bar there yep. is giveaways we have, we have like an hour of abs game before the broncos game too so it's not all about the goddamn broncos tonight and we also <laughs> get a hockey game that we get to enjoy part of yeah, and then the Broncos, Broncos, and then the Broncos will take over, okay? And then we go, <laughs> you know, then hockey gets put back in its rightful place. I get it. No, but that we've got the giveaways, we've got the fun stuff with the Broncos tonight. Normally, it's with the Avs, but it's the only primetime game. Yeah, the Broncos coming at this from like the perspective of other people. Here, the Avs are kings. This is the one night the Broncos get in primetime. So let those guys have it, you know. You okay. got okay. it's fine. games you'll you'll get to cover on the apps this. This year. is this is we'll fine because it means that I get to go to the bar with a bunch of friends and watch racing and get to watch F1 on Sunday. I don't have to worry about the Broncos getting rocked. It's going to be awesome. Open that early, but yes. It, <laughs> hey, it's the, the race is in F1 Austin, is man. Well, there you go. Stateside, baby. Now we're talking. That's what I'm saying. Races, races at one o'clock. It's gonna be awesome. We're watching racing on Sunday. At the DMVR bar. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about the Broncos playing. They should play every Thursday. I need someone to explain to me the crossover between NHL fans and F1. Like it's not. It's it's not that crossover. It's F1 has gotten enormous over the last couple of years. When you put a when you put a, a really popular documentary series on Netflix that people can devour, that's really well made and wildly entertaining. So it's a lot easier to jump into a sport. There you go. There's your answer, Eric. Well, clearly there's a lot going on at the DMVR bar this weekend. We've got more nuggets, more abs, F1 racing, Broncos and abs tonight. It is jam-packed, and it's just the place to go. They've got awesome food specials. There's a there's brunch menu. I had the brunch last week, and, man, I missed it. The breakfast burritos are back, and they are so good. There's chicken and waffles. There's basic breakfast if you don't like anything too, too fancy. Um, there, The bar has it all, plus the Breck brews, which we, of course, love those. So, Definitely check those out, and we will see you guys next week, hopefully with winners all around and everything.